morning, I would like to title my sermon as Sweat Kept Flowing, But Tears Dried Up. Can you say that with me? Sweat, sweat kept flowing, but tears dried up. In the book of Acts, the history of the church of Ephesus begins with the ministry of Paul, the apostle, during his second missionary journey, as Bible records in the book of Acts, chapter 18, verses 18 to 28. We will not read all the scriptures, but I will read only the key scriptures. So Paul's ministry started in the city of Ephesus, as recorded in the book of Acts. Listen to me, keep listening to me. Paul accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila, and he arrived in Ephesus. And he started the work of God in Ephesus. As he used to go, he went to the synagogue in Ephesus and he proclaimed there, Christ is the Savior. And, you know, people in the city of Ephesus, they were very intelligent, very clever, and very, you know, wanting of God. And they came to Paul and said, Paul, you should not go from the city. Just be here for some more time. Just, just you know, remain here and teach us more good things. But you know what Paul said? He declined that. There are times Paul stays. There are times Paul leaves. You know, he was just going by the leading of the Holy Spirit. And Paul declined that. And he, but he promised them that I will return. I will come to you. And with great difficulty, they let Paul go. And Priscilla and Aquila, they stayed there. So in the meantime, there is another man of God by name Apollos. So he also came there. And Apollos was very good in the Old Testament theology. And he started preaching the Old Testament. And Aquila and Priscilla, they were, they were working on, the, they were teaching about the kingdom of God and Christ and his ministry. So Paul went to Galatia and the regions of Phrygia. And he strengthened the believers there. And then again, Paul returned to Ephesus. So when Paul returned to Ephesus, Bible says he spent three years in Ephesus. Three long years, Paul ministered to the people in Ephesus. Can you imagine? In the light of, lifetime of Paul, he wasted most of his, in a majority of his lifetime by killing people, persecuting the churches. But now later he found Christ. But those period is very precious, very important. But he decided to spend three years with the people in Ephesus. Listen to this morning, this is very important, this foundation is. So during his stay, God empowered Paul to perform supernatural miracles. So there were many miracles that were taking place and many people in Ephesus, they renounced or they, they, they said no to the magical practices they were doing there in the city of Ephesus. And they, even they burned their books. The books are very valuable. So they burned all their magic books and everything. And there was a great commotion in the city because of this. Now after three years being there, Paul went to Macedonia and people did not want to leave him. And later, Paul, again he came to Ephesus, just touching Ephesus a little bit, not staying for a long time. As he was traveling to Jerusalem, he wanted to be there in the Pentecost. So on his way to Jerusalem, he called the elders in the church of Ephesus, and he gave them final words and encouragement. So they had a very, you know, very, 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 very troublesome time. They had a very tearful, uh, you know, uh, farewell. And Paul 
Paul sailed towards Jerusalem. Later, when Paul was in the prison in Rome, he wrote the prison epistles, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians, and Philemon. So he wrote those prison epistles. And we believe history says that by Tychicus and Onesimus, they delivered the epistle of Ephesians to the church in Ephesus. So during Paul's farewell speech, you know, that's what we are going to focus this morning. During Paul's farewell speech in Ephesus, let's listen to what Paul says as we title this message as swept, kept flowing, but tears dried up. Let's listen to what Paul says in Acts chapter 20, 28 to 31. Listen to this. Therefore, take heed to yourselves. So for Paul's final farewell message. Take heed to yourselves and to all the flocks among which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers to shepherd the church of God, which he purchased with his own blood. Verse 29, for I know this, listen to this, that after my departure, savage wolves will come in among you, not sparing the flock. Also from among yourselves, men will rise up speaking perverse things, to draw away the disciples after themselves. Therefore, Paul is saying, watch and remember that for three years I did not cease to warn everyone night and day with tears. So Paul warned them very clearly the days which are going to come and those days are going to be evil days on the church because there are people going to come and speak to you and they are going to sway you away from following the word of God into those into their own teachings and into their wishes and whims. Paul told that very clearly and the church was very carefully listening to what Paul said. Now if you can, you know, uh, turn with me to the book of Revelation slowly. After so many decades, God was looking into the seven churches in Asia Minor. Church of Ephesus was one among the ch seven churches. As God was surveying all, surveying all the seven churches, this is what he found in the church of Ephesus. I'm reading from Revelation 2, 2 to 4. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, these things says he who holds the seven stars in the right hand, who walks in the midst of the seven golden lampstands. I know your works. Listen to this. I know your works, your labor, your patience, and that you cannot bear those, bear those who are evil. So that people came. But church of Ephesus was very strong. And you have tested those who say they are apostles and are not. And you found them liars. So they were very good in that. They did that. Verse 3. And you have persevered and have patience and have labored for my name's sake and have not become weary. You never became tired of doing the work of God. Nevertheless, I have this against you that you have left your first love. Can you say first love? A little more louder first love. This morning we are titling the sermon as Swept Kept Flowing But Tears Dried Up. You know, church in Ephesus, as Paul preached them during the farewell sermon, he told them to be faithful. He told them to be working continuously. He told them you need to be very careful who comes and preaches and go. You need to listen not just to them, but you need to go according to the word of God. But they were very faithful to that. 
And as we read in Revelation 2, 2 to 4, church in Ephesus, number one, they are theologically sound. They are theologically very sound. Number two, they were hardworking church. They were not just sitting idle. They were working hard. Number three, they were waiting on the Lord patiently. They were waiting on the Lord. They were hating evil. They people with great discernment in the church. If somebody comes and preaches any other Christ other than the book, the Christ of Nazareth, you know, they were very clever to find that out. They had a great discernment and they were constantly pushing forward. They were not sitting idle. They were moving forward. They never gave up and they never became tired. They were hating those who hate God. What else can be the better quality of a church? They had everything. But Bible says they left their first love. Can you say first love? You know, God looked into the church and he found they had everything, but they left their first love. So people in the church of Ephesus were very hardworking, very hardworking. Sweat, sweat kept flowing, but their tears dried up. They kept the faith, but they lost the love. You may ask this morning, is it possible? I'm talking to each one of you. You can keep the faith in God still, but you would have lost the love for God. You know, it's possible. But looks like, even though they were faithful in all these things, but the way God looked at the church is amazing, verse 5. If you continue to read Revelation 2, verse 5. Jesus said, the Spirit of God said, Think how far you have fallen. Turn from your sins and do what you did at first. I don't know what sin they did. Bible did not mention about any sin. Even though when the Spirit of God spoke to them, there was no sin listed there. But what was the sin? They have fallen from there. First love. What was the sin again? They have fallen from there, from their first love. And the Spirit of God was telling, I will come to you and take your lampstand from its place. Think of a lamp which is kept on a lampstand and it's burning. And suddenly if I come and remove the lampstand, the lamp is going to fall down, break. The oils are going to spill everywhere and the light is going to go away. You know, God was telling to the church in Ephesus, you are perfect in everything, but I have a complaint against you. You have fallen from your first love. This morning we are going to talk about a couple of things regarding first love. You know, I just want you to be listening to this. Listening to this. I just want you to take it to you. It's, a, it's, it's for you. You know, before even preaching this message, I had a great struggle. Lord, how do I preach this? Signs of leaving first love, or the single sign we are going to talk about, a sign of leaving first love is this. We sweat, but we don't tear. We sweat, but we don't cry. When do we sweat? When do we sweat? When you do hard work, in a very hot sun, when you are standing there from morning to evening, and doing a construction work. Some of us started our career as a construction employee, right, in this nation. So when you do that, then we sweat. But when do you cry? When do you cry? 
when you're sad or do you cry? You feel more happy? When do you cry? Yeah? Joyful tears. Good. When you're happy, you cry. Not only that, but you also cry in prayer. Do you cry in prayer? Yes. So church in Ephesus, they were crying in prayer. They were praying to God. They were loving God. But now for some reason, the sweat was flowing everywhere, but there is no cry. There is no cry. You know, when God's love is felt, when we stand in the presence of God, when we meditate the cross, when we think about all the good things that God has done in our lives, when we think that, you know, you don't deserve for all the blessings that you enjoy today, but somehow God has given those blessings to you. You cry. You cry. When you think about the unconditional love that Debbie was talking about this morning, the unconditional love of God in our lives, We used to cry, but do we cry now? Or do you cry for something else? We cry for the things we don't have. We cry for all the things that we lost. Church of Ephesus was a church that lost its first love. You know, we become busy and we end up in working day and night. You know, may it be in the secular job or may it be in the ministry or may it be taking care of our own family or maybe just doing the household work. We become busy. Think about our day from morning to evening. We don't have time to sit. We don't have time to relax. We are busy. We are running around here and there. We become busy. But we fail to see God. I mean, that's the truth. If that's happening in my life, you know, I'm, I believe that happens to you. That happens to all of us. So I have the boldness to talk. Because I know what I'm going through. I know what all of us are going through. We are busy. We don't have time for anything. But we don't have time to show the love to Christ, to God. We are not doing any sinful things. We may or may not. But we don't have time to love God. And this morning, I just want you to think, it's not a great message, but I just want you to think this morning. Even the churches of Ephesus, they were not sinning. But in fact, they were very aggressive in working for God. It was a very thriving church. There are people getting added every day. There are new visitors every day. Church is going, growing, and it is about to become a mega church. Every good thing is happening in that church. But God told them, you need to turn away from sinful, from your sinful thing. So sin is also not loving God. It's a new definition. Can you say that with me? Not loving God is sinful. And if you do something without love on Christ, without love for God, it can become sinful. Bible says, if you do anything without faith, it is a Sin. It is a sin. And it looks like here they are doing things without love for God. They lost their first love. And Jesus, Spirit of God says, you are sinning. You are a sinner. Church, you are a sinful church. You are filled with the sinners. You know, this morning, I don't know what God is going to look at. When he looks at our church, I'm not sure what God is going to tell. Is God going to tell us? Your church is good, everything, everything. They are there in media, they are everywhere. But your church is filled with the sin. 
of not loving me, of not loving me. Anything that we do without love for God, anything that doesn't come out, I just want you to think. I mean, I was thinking day and night. I was thinking, that's what I was doing. Anything that doesn't come out of love becomes sinful. When will we be able to do things in love for God? When will we love God? Think about the greatest commandment. Greatest commandment. Number one thing that we need to do, we all of us need to do, forget everything else. Number one thing that we need to do, the greatest commandment, love the Lord, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind. Why do we think that God, Jesus told, that is the number one commandment? There is a reason. It doesn't matter what we do, but just do that first one. Love God. Love God. How can we love God? Just give you some tips, but I don't want to give tips. I just want to get into prayer, but I just give you know, a few things here and there and just let's get into time of prayer. How can we love God? Loving God starts with a decision. The decision that we have taken to follow him. Have you all taken the decision to follow him? Yes? No? Yes? We are all followers of Christ. We all have taken the decision to follow him. So love of God starts on the day when we took a decision to follow him. We don't follow God because we are afraid of God. Anybody is afraid of God? We all love God. I mean, certainly he is God and we are people. We have the reverence. But we are not afraid of God. We love him. We love him. He's our God. And loving starts with the decision. And then what happened? How can we love God? We need to know more about God. We can't love God if we do not know about God. We do not know all the attributes of God. We cannot love him. Because for why should we love? A child will love its father, his father or her father. When father is able to buy whatever the child wants. How many hugs, how many kisses. It's shame. Sometimes we are just like that. When we receive some good things, we go around and hug him and kiss him. Lord, I love you. I love you, Lord. When we don't have... Anyway, I don't need to preach. You're already preaching about it. Thank God for that. The Spirit of God is within us. And that Spirit of God makes us to love him. Now, when you go and kneel down, you start loving God because of the Spirit of God. If the Spirit of God is not working in your life, you don't feel like loving God. You know, some of us don't feel like loving God. The Spirit of God already stopped working in our lives. That's what it means. You know, this morning, I just want you to take it serious. We all need to love God. We need to be a people of, you know, people of God lovers. As we worship Him in truth and spirit, we love God. We love God. We go through certain emotions at times. But remember this, emotions cannot create love for God. But it's in the other way. Because we love God, we become emotional when we worship Him. It's like A.W. Tozer, this is what he said. Flowers and bird songs do not make spring. But when spring comes, they come with it. We love God 
and we worship him. And at times we cry. At times we rejoice. At times we lift up our hands and praise him. It all comes from love. It all started from love. There are a couple of obstacles for us to love God. No, this is important. Listen to this. There are some reasons why we are not able to love God. If we have the love for this world, certainly we cannot love God. Bible says very clearly, we cannot serve two masters. We cannot serve two masters. You know, that is very, very true. We cannot serve two masters. The moment we set our love upon our family, the moment that we set our love upon our children, our love upon the world, the worldly things, we cannot love God because we can never serve two masters. You know, even in the family set of God, that's the reason God wants us to love him more. Priority number one. And then love your spouse, love your children and everybody else. When we start loving God, loving the world, that becomes an obstacle. Another obstacle is our mind. You know, we are not able to love God because we have doubt. We are not able to love God because we are angry. We are not able to love God because, you know, we are limited in our understanding. At times our mind is set against the knowledge of God. You know, this morning this is very true, what I'm talking about. Sometimes we try to do things against the knowledge of God. We question God. Lord, how that is possible? That cannot happen. And we question the knowledge of God. You know, knowledge and wisdom of God is much, much bigger than that what you can imagine. So when we start questioning, obviously we lose love. We will not be able to love him anymore. Because there is no reason why we should love. There are a couple of things. Obstacles for loving God. But let's, let's leave that there. Let's, let's go further. How can I get back to the first love? This morning, how many of us here want to get back to the first love? Amen. All of us. All of us. Let's listen to how do we get back to the first love. When we accepted Christ, we took time to love him. We were spending time with God. We were talking to him. And we were listening from him. Remember those days? Remember those days? You were crying. For some reason, we don't know why. The day when you got baptized, the day when you received the anointing of the Holy Spirit, you were so thrilled with the things of God. Where are those things now? I'm asking the question to you. Where are those things now this morning? We were doing everything out of love for God. But it's no more. It's no more. I just want to take Peter as an example here. Peter's first love. When Jesus called Peter, Mark chapter 1, verse 17, 18, follow me. That's what Jesus said. I will make you become fishes of men. And Bible says, Peter and Andrew, they followed him immediately, left their nets and followed him. You and me did that. When God called us into the ministry, when God called us, you know, to walk with him, when he revealed that, you know, he's the Christ who died for you at the cross, you left everything and you decided to follow him like Peter Peter's first love. When many people stopped following Christ, there was a time in the life of the ministry of Jesus Christ, everybody left him. Some of them, they followed him as a disciple. Then they said, it's very hard teaching. How can you, who can stand with this very hard teaching? We are not following you. Jesus looked at the disciples and he asked the disciples in John chapter 6, verse 16 and, sorry, 67 and 69, do you also want to go away? Then go. He looked at the disciples and asked. But Peter, filled with the first love, answered him, Lord, 
To whom shall we go? Because you have the words of eternal life. You have the words of eternal life. Also we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the son of the living God. That's what Peter said. A man who was filled with the first love. The love with which he started following Christ. Slowly in the life of Peter, listen to me. Everything started becoming a routine. Don't that happen to us today? We have given our life to Christ. We started following him. We loved him so much. And then we started doing things for God. And everything has become a routine now. We are not able to differentiate whether you are in the ministry or you are working for a secular company, whether you are following Christ or you are doing something else. Everything has become a routine. You know what to do when you get up on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You know what to do. It become a routine. Happened to Peter. Happened to Peter. Even one time Jesus had to rebuke Peter saying, get me behind Satan. The man who left everything for God, the man who found Jesus as the son of the living God. Now Jesus is rebuking Peter, get me behind Satan. Slowly started falling from the first love. Peter slowly started losing his first love at the garden of Gethsemane. Remember this. At the garden of Gethsemane, Jesus asked all the disciples to pray. Watch and pray at least one hour. Because the Son of Man is going to be handed over to the Roman, to the Roman soldiers. Can you pray with me? What happened when they came back? When Jesus came back? They were all sleeping. Where is the first love this morning? And I just want to ask that question maybe to me. Where is that first love? Music get up early in the morning at 4 o'clock and 5 o'clock and pray. Where is that love this morning? Jesus asked Peter, To, you know, pray for at least one hour. Because he knew very well. Peter used to pray for hours together. He used to take the inner circle of disciples with him. Wherever he went. Peter used to pray for hours together. Now he's sleeping. You know, this morning I believe the Spirit of God is asking us, where is that first love that you used to have for God? And Peter denied Jesus three times. Peter denied Jesus three times. Now after his resurrection, Peter found no point in following Christ. He came to a conclusion, three and a half years is wasted. I would have gained so much of money because of my job. I lost everything. I lost my good friends who used to come to me, come with me for fishing. It's all a waste, waste of time following Christ. He came to a conclusion. You know, if you allow, if I allow this, what I'm going through today, what you're going through today, continue to happen in your life, there will be a point in your life, you will turn back and see, it's all a waste what I followed. It's a waste of time that I followed Christ. Let me do something else. You know, this morning before that happens to me and you, God wants us to listen. God wants us to listen. Peter went back to the same boat. The boat he left the day when he started following Christ, he went back to the same boat. He dusted it off and he took the boat. Now Peter lost his love, first love. He's still a disciple. 
He's still a disciple of Christ, but he lost his first love. You can be a believer, you can be a preacher, you can be a pastor, you can be a worship leader, you can be a musician, but you would have lost your first love already. And this morning God is speaking to you, I believe. And there came Jesus restoring Peter. You know, there are times in your life you find Christ as a restorer. Nobody else can do that. Nobody else can do it. But Jesus does that. Because he were on to restore our lives. Now Jesus at that shore of sea of the Sea of Tiberias. So appearing after his death and the resurrection during those 40 days when he was appeared, he, he appeared to many disciples and many other believers. He was found at the Sea of Tiberias. And Peter, along with the other disciples and his friends, they were fishing all through the night. We know the story from John chapter 21. And Jesus came there asking, Children, do you have any food? And they said, John immediately recognized that it is master who is standing there. And they said, no master, all through the night we were struggling. And Jesus said, put the net, cast the net in the right side. And they cast the net in the right side and they got plenty of fish. But that's not the issue there. And they recognized that it is Lord. And the Bible says, then they ate breakfast together. They had a very good time of having breakfast together. I don't know what Peter was thinking at that moment, but nothing was really clicking in his head. He realized it's a master. He realized that, okay, we got some fish and then we have breakfast together. It's a morning breakfast. But Jesus came with a purpose there. Jesus came with a purpose. John chapter 21 verse 15 onwards, Jesus talk, started talking to Peter. Listen to this very important conversation. So when they had eaten breakfast, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? I believe Jesus is talking about the first love that he had. Do you love me more than this? You know, I believe this is a question to me and to you this morning that Jesus is asking, do you still love me? Do you still love me? Do you love me more than this? He said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He's talking about just the common love that everyone has for God. He's God, I am, you know, human. I love him. We just say, I love him quickly, without hesitation. Peter's talking about that, that love. And he said to Peter, with little hesitation, feed my lambs. Then again, verse 16, he said to him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Still, it's not getting into his mind. He said, tend my sheep. Third time, a denier who denied three times, who denied Jesus. Now the third time Jesus is asking, he said to him, the third time, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? Peter was grieved. Now it started getting into him a little bit. He was grieved and because he said to him the third time. But again, it's a little out of ego. Why he's asking three times? He just grieved a little bit. Jesus asked, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things. 
You know that I love you. And Jesus said, feed my sheep. And this is what I understand. He asked three times, do you love me? And Peter said, yes, 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 Lord. And Jesus is telling, if you don't love, don't touch any of these things that you see today. Stop your preaching. Stop your praying. Stop coming to church. Forget it. If you do not love me, don't do any of this. But still, if you love me, feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. Three times he asked. We can do things in emotion without having love for God. It's possible. Peter did that and we do that today. But God is now reiterating and he's saying that, do you love me? If you do not love me, don't think about you know, going and dying for me. Don't think about going and preaching that, that great sermon where 3,000 people will get saved. People may get saved, get saved, but you don't go there because your end will be terrible. Not only that, you know, you will be, you will die as a martyr on this earth, because, but your end will be in the eternal hell. Please don't touch my things. Please don't touch the godly things if you do not love me. That's what Jesus is saying. I mean, it was totally new for me. I don't see that anywhere. It's totally new for me. He's telling three times, be careful. Don't think that you can follow me without loving me. No. The first love. Made him to leave the net. And the first love helped him to confess that you have the words of eternal life. And you are the son of the living God. And remember the first love caused him to walk on the water. He lost that first love. When he lost the first love, the same Peter denied Christ. And the same Peter took the same boat and went to the same sea for fishing. Now this morning, Jesus is asking us the same question, do you love me? Do you love me? And he's telling, don't follow me if you don't love me. Don't do the ministry if you don't love me. Don't sing standing here if you don't love me. Don't play the instrument if you don't love me. Don't come to church if you don't love me. You know, we need to ask the question within ourselves, why do we do all these things? Why do we do all these things? Only if you love me, you feed my lamp. You feed my lamp. This morning, I just want you to ask that question to you. Why am I doing all these things? Why do we follow Christ? Sometimes we are born in a Christian family. Is it just because of that we follow Christ? Sometimes our parents take us to the church. And we still go to church. Is it because of that we want to follow Christ? Or is it just out of love? Or why do we come to church? Is it to satisfy somebody? If we don't come to church, he's going to call me anyway. So better go to church. Please don't come. Please don't come. Why do we come? Why do we do all these things that we do today? Why do we do? We need to question ourselves. For what? For what if we don't have love for God? If we don't serve God with, without love, if we don't serve God out of love to Him, I think everything is a waste. 
everything is a waste. Not just only that. If it is a sin, we may be thrown into the hell after doing all this. After following him so many years. If you and I need to go to hell, there cannot be another thing that's worse than that. Where do we follow God? Shall we close our eyes? We have 10 more minutes. Just want you to pray this morning and commit your ways to God. It's a very hard sermon for me to preach. But this morning, it's a time that between you and God, you want to kneel down, please kneel down. In whatever way you want to pray this morning, I just want you to give your life to Him once again before leaving from this place. I just want all of us to make a rededication this morning. Because God is very particular. God is very particular. All the things that we left for the sake of following Christ, all the pressures that we, for, we, we, we forgo to, for the sake of following Christ, it's a waste. We are wasting our time. God cannot do anything in us. God cannot do anything through us. This morning he is calling you back to the first love. Back to the first love. Anything that we do for God, let's start doing it out of love for him. Hallelujah. This morning I just want you to pray. You to cry out to God. You to cry out to God this morning. Just, just feel free. Just feel free. In his presence, God may lead you to a time of prayer. As we pray right now, God may lead you into a time of prayer this morning. And that prayer is a secret prayer between you and God. You don't need to tell that out. You, know, you can just tell it to him because he knows everything. He knows everything. He knows your prayerless life. He knows your life that has nothing to do with the word of God. You say that you are a Christian. You say that you are a Pentecostal Christian. But you... Core to the core of your heart, you know that you don't have love for God. And this morning, if you know that, just do not hide that from God. Just tell Him. Tell Him this morning, Lord, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm sorry, Lord. From the bottom of my heart, Lord, I'm not able to love you. I just do it because, Lord, I be it has become a routine. Just tell Him. Just tell Him whatever it may be. This morning, God knows our heart. God is a God who knows knows our heart, who's a heart seer. He looks into our hearts, deepest, most part of our hearts. He knows the desire that you have followed to follow God, but he also knows that you are not doing it right now for some reason. But this morning, I believe God is speaking to you. Just do not neglect this moment. Just do not just keep quiet this moment in this moment. Just keep talking, keep telling him, he keeps speaking to him. He wants to install that rightly. He wants to put that correctly in your life because your life, your future is going to depend on that we need to set this thing right this morning before we leave from this place just ask him where he have, have you fallen from the first love some of us just totally lost that our mind is blank now we don't know why we do this we don't know why we sing we don't know why we dance we don't know why we clap we just lost that it has become a tradition within our, our, our own life but this morning God is telling you my son my daughter I called you I called you because I want you to love me love me just speak to him this morning just speak to him this morning hallelujah hallelujah and we need to ask sorry to God 
as a church we need to ask sorry to God for not loving him the way we used to love God not coming together in that time of prayer the way we used to come in the time of prayer not coming into the into the presence of God with those tears that we used to have some point of time in our lives for some reason we lost it there is no tear only sweat there is no tear but this morning this morning this morning so set those things right with God and tell him Lord I'm willing to follow you I'm willing to follow you the way Peter threw the job away threw his profession away for the sake of following you that first love Lord the love that Lord considers everything as rubbish that we see on this world it's all kept for fire it's all going to go away we are not going to take anything along with us this morning God is asking you my son my daughter I want you to love me I want you to love me if we lost that love this morning shall we ask him Lord put that love back in my life put that love back in my life I want to follow you Lord lovingly I don't want to follow you out of compulsion Lord I want to follow you out of the love that I have for you this morning, how many of us want to rededicate our lives to God? Hallelujah. How many of us want to rededicate our lives to God? Shall we stand? Those who want to make a commitment this morning. It's me, Lord. You spoke to me. It's me, Lord. Just don't stand because somebody else is standing. No. No. Just stand. If God has spoken to you. If God is stirring up your heart this morning, tell him, Lord, now onwards, before I do anything, before I prepare for something, before I prepare that food for the potluck meal, I'll make sure I'm doing it out of love. I'm doing it out of love. Before I put the offering in the offering box, I will make sure, Lord, I will, I'm doing it out of love. Lord, before I come and preach, before I come and share, before I come and sing, before I come and do anything, even before I come and clean the church, I will make sure I'm doing it out of love, out of love, not that somebody has put my name. No. We want people to follow. We want us to follow God out of love. We want to follow God out of love. We don't want to follow God out of compulsion. No. This morning, shall we make a commitment to God, Lord? Lord, I know how very important it is. I realize, Lord, how important it is, oh God, to follow you with love, with love. Give me that love. Let's have both our hands spread out. Both our hands spread out. And ask God, fill me with that love. I want to come back to the first love today. Now, now, Lord, I want to come back to that first love. Now I want to come back to that first love, Lord. I don't want to be a fallen, living a fallen life like the people in Ephesus, Lord. I don't want to be a hypocrite, Lord. I don't want to put one figure outside and somebody inside, Lord. Lord, I want to, Lord, put a holy picture, Lord, in front of people, but inside, Lord, it's rotten. It, it's, it's, it's stinking everywhere, Lord. I don't want to have that kind of life, Lord. And this morning, Father, 
help me help me help me help me just pray to him just pray to him just pray to him hallelujah this morning god may give you that grace god may bring you that out of that the, the lost love into the first love hallelujah just keep speaking to god this morning just keep giving your life completely completely in surrender in surrender in surrender let let us bring our pride let us let us approach god in humility this morning and tell him lord i am nothing oh god i am nothing oh god i want to love you lord that's what i'm asking i want to love you lord hallelujah hallelujah father this morning lord we are asking you you would enable us to love you lord you would enable us to love you lord we want to love you lord we want to be a loving family so god we want to be loving church lord we want to be loving you more than lord god that we do things for you oh god we want to grow bring our children lord in that love lord we want to lord bring up our children oh god in that love oh father god in that love lord god with that love oh father we want to bring up lord our children oh father god just ask him just ask him our children are learning from us what we do they do let them let them be taught today that you need to love god more than anything hallelujah hallelujah father this morning as a church lord god we come into your presence lord and we are sorry to you god lord the things that we have done lord without loving you the things that we have done oh father god lord without even thinking about how much we need to love every time when we come to church lord lord do we come with that attitude lord of loving you lord do we rush here with that love in our heart this morning if not forgive me lord if not forgive all of us this morning oh god let there be a forgiven lord god forgiveness lord in our lives this morning oh father we want to be sinful we don't want to be sinful lord god we don't want to be sinful oh father we want to be forgiven lord we want to be forgiven lord this morning give me that grace give us that grace oh father being forgiven lord bible says your blood is more than enough to wash our sins this morning wash all our sins help us to love you help us to love you i pray that oh god you would draw our hearts this morning closer to you lord from this point onwards let us realize we do everything out of love for god father we thank you for speaking with us thank you for sharing your heart this morning with us i pray that lord you would continue to speak to us oh god we give you glory in jesus mighty name